The Athletic. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is proudly partnered with Now. With a Now Sports membership, you can watch the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live. Find out more at nowtv.com. They've had their warning. They've had their warning. Here's Lucy Bryans. That is remarkable from Arsenal. Hello and welcome to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Now. Coming up, Ipswich off against West Ham. <laughs> Arsenal uproot Coventry, and high fives all round for Chelsea. It's Kate Borsay here with Lindsay Hooper and former Lioness Sue Smith. Sue, welcome along to the show again. The last time we had you on, you were about to cycle from Liverpool to Leeds in one day. You're back in one piece, obviously, but how did the ride go? Hello, everyone. Yeah, do you know what? I absolutely loved it, which sounds quite strange. I love the challenge. I think because quite a lot of people said to me, there's no way that you're going to do that. Uh, without training and but yeah it was it was actually really really enjoyable and obviously for a, a very good cause so yeah she's really close to her target now Stacey Daniels so she's got I think a thousand pounds to go before she raises mm. the, the 50k so yeah nearly there but she's she's booked a, a treatment and things so yeah hopefully fingers crossed for her. Sue just remind us about what Stace is doing. Yeah so Stacey Daniels is a, an old teammate of mine from Leeds United and she got diagnosed with MS and it was a real aggressive form of, of, of MS. So she's trying to raise money to get some treatment, specialist treatment. So yeah, if, if you can Google Stacey Daniels, just giving page, hopefully anything that, that people can donate would be absolutely fantastic. And hopefully she can get that extra thousand pound. We wish Stacey all of the best with that, Sue. Um, I bet you're glad as well when you did that cycle ride, it wasn't as hot as today. Yeah, I know. The only thing, I couldn't sit down for for three days. (laughs) That was the only issue, but everything else was great. (laughs) Well, excuse the pun coming up, Sue, but a couple of lower ranked teams were sent on their bikes this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) They faced WSL opposition in the FA Cup quarterfinals. And that's where we begin. This is a very good move by West Ham and it's the opener. Lisa Evans puts the Women's Super League side ahead. For the first time, West Ham slice open that Ipswich defence. And that is the quality with which they can unlock you. Ipswich nil, West Ham 1. Miedemar might shoot. Miedemar does shoot. And when Miedemar shoots, you know how that story ends, folks. And Arsenal have four. Indeed, the magic of the FA Cup was AWOL. Hopes of causing an upset were strong in third-tier Ipswich Town when they hosted WSL side West Ham. But remember that summer when the grass went yellow from no rain and the crops dried up? Isn't that every summer? No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happened to the Tractor Girls, sadly. A drought just like that. West Ham's Lisa Evans, on loan from Arsenal, beat Ipswich keeper Sarah Quantrill to a ball in behind, poking home for a 1-0 win at the Gold Star ground. Sue, let's go to you on this one. Pretty convincingly, I think, a West Ham win on this one, particularly shots on target, I have to say. Ipswich, the lowest ranking team in the competition. They're in the National League Southern Premier Division. But I thought, mentioning Sarah Quantrill there, I thought she made a few vital saves that meant that the scoreline was really quite modest, wasn't it? 
She did. And like you say, West Ham dominated in, in terms of, of the stats, like you say, shots and, and possession. But I thought what Ipswich did so well is they were just defensively strong. They tried to make life difficult for, for West Ham. They they really caused them problems going forward. But it's a case of come and try and break us down and we'll try and hit you on the counter. Like you say, very good saves from the goalkeeper as well. But they're, they're a good young side. And I think they should be proud of, of what they did. Yes, they'll be disappointed that that they were beaten, but it's a case of learning from those experiences and and taking that into their brilliant league form. Yeah, there's no shame in that, is there? I mean, West Ham, they were runners-up in 2019. We've seen how well they've done in WSL this season. I mean, Oli Harder afterwards, he, he was even saying that FA Cup semi-final should be played at neutral venues because maybe Ipswich gave a bit of a scare there and he's thinking, right, don't want to face that in the next round. Yeah, of course. And I think that's, that's the thing. It, it's a case of, I think when you're you go in as as underdogs, you just you don't have anything to lose, and I think that's how they felt. You know, young side, no fear. You can see that you know their their fitness levels is is much better than than what they were previously. You can see that they're well coached, they're very well organised, and and yeah, I, I bet Ollie Harder was was especially thinking as as the goals weren't going in, that could have been a, a cup upset. So you can understand why he said that. But yeah, Ipswich deserve a lot of, of praise for what they achieved in that game. I thought that it was a bit rich of him to say that, really. I mean, I mean, it was a sold-out crowd at the Gold Star ground. These are the games that keep lower league teams alive. It was a fantastic event for Ipswich, and they put in a really respectable performance. I just thought that was such a misplaced thing for him to say. Why not hold them at neutral venues? Surely the whole point of this is that is that you can get a big a big gate taking for a potentially smaller club. Ipswich are investing in the side. They've got 10 professional players, 17 academy graduates in the squad of 20. Uh, They've had a WSL Academy license since 2018. And there's a real keenness here, Lindsay, I think, for Ipswich to progress through the leagues. And they've actually called for an expansion of the championship. We've spoken about this a few times this season, haven't we? The call to uh, to make the championship and potentially the WSL larger. Yeah, they have to win uh, the league, then the playoff game to get promotion. Uh, Currently top of the National League South with six games to go. Uh, Remember as well, when we spoke to Marianne Spacey, Kale Kate, Southampton women manager who played Ipswich, didn't they, in the last round before this one? And she was calling for similar. I think we've got some quality teams down there now. Like you go down to tier three. And I think on the whole, until this competition, they get ignored. So I can understand the call for expansion. I think unless you're in the championship or the WSL in women's football, would you agree? So you largely get ignored? Yeah, definitely. And you can completely understand there are two teams that are very much doing things the, the right way. You can see the development of, of these players. So I think it's about going up when you're ready. But I think both of those sides feel like they are ready. You know, they're equipped in terms of, of the players that they have, that the coaching staff that they've got, the facilities. And, and like you say, that the fact that they are getting really good crowds is a, a great crowd for the FA Cup game. But it's not just for that. They're, they're regularly getting decent crowds. And so I think that's important that, you know, that they can continue and, and they're sort of stable. But yeah, without a doubt, I I understand why both of those two managers have have said the expansion. It would be great to see. You just make sure when it is expanded, the quality is still there. But I think having those two sides in there, it would be. Quick final one on West Ham, Sue. They've been quietly getting on with their business in the WSL, haven't they? They're into the final four of the FA Cup because of this win for only the second time. And I like 
how they're doing under Ollie Harder, the initial thought was that it might be a bit of an Everton situation, getting rid of a manager and getting another one in that perhaps wouldn't work as well or or it might be a pointless exercise. But actually, West Ham have been doing very well. They haven't. And when you watch them play, they're, they're good to watch. And you can see, again, that they've, they've got structure. They've got a way of playing. That The players are all buying into what Oli Harder's telling them. And I think this season was, of course, it's a transitional season, isn't it? They've got players in. They've got a new manager in. And I think it's next season where we'll, we'll really see them kick on. Well, Ipswich Town's dreams of a giant killing were crushed and that was shared by championship side Coventry United who travelled to WSL leaders Arsenal. After holding on for the first 38 minutes, Coventry were well and truly trampled by the Giants. Dina Blackstenius kicked things off with a header from Nikita Paris's cross. Then in the second half, Beth Mead scored on her first touch off the bench. I love it when that happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Paris poked home four minutes later and Vivian Miedemart finished off the 4-0 win in style with a near post strike from 20 yards out. Some quality in the finishing here from Arsenal, Sue. What did you make of Coventry United's stab at it to try to try and get through to the next round? Did they do enough? Well, it's always going to be difficult for them. I think they, they knew that against a, an Arsenal side that's full of quality, that when they click going forward, it's, it's difficult for any team to, to stop them. And, and that's exactly what Coventry tried to do. They tried to to be as, as tight and compact and, and organised as they could be defensively. And it was just a case of, you just thought it was just a matter of time. Once Arsenal got one, they probably would get two and, and three. And you just think everything that Coventry has been put through off the field. It was always going to be difficult for them, but they've just tried to concentrate as much as they can on, on picking up results in the league and, and getting as far as they, they could in the FA Cup. But it was, it, was, it was going to be tough against a brilliant Arsenal side, like we all know. You could see the Arsenal frustration, though, um, up until Blackstinia scored uh, the first goal. They were being tested and they felt probably felt like they should have had a few goals by that point. Kim Little and Jordan Nobbs uh, failing to hit the target. On Blackstenius, we got a real display in this one. I mean, she's done so fantastically well. It's her fifth goal in eight games since joining the club in January. But you forget until she's greeted with lots of congratulatory hugs from from the other players, just how tall she is. She's about five <laughs> foot nine. And that's so useful again. Upfront player uses her head. She used her head in this instance too. But that height's so valuable for her as well. Yeah, I've just been so impressed with how quickly she's adapted. Uh, to the WSL, it's like she's been playing in that Arsenal side for for years. That the way that she links up with her team, the way that she stretches the play, which allows space for the likes of Miedemar and and other players. But it's like you say, it's that movement in the final third to get herself that space. So whether it's a headed goal, whether it's a finish on the floor, she's got all different types of, of finishes, which is valuable. Is she's confident in front of goal? But yeah, I think when you've got that physique. She, you can also bounce balls off her. She's strong. And if you know, you know if you get the ball out wide, you get a good delivery into the box. Nine times out of 10, she's going to get on the end of it. Her movement, as you say, is just something else. Yeah. I, th- I think to come into WSL, having not played in the league before and be able to just make those runs and be spotted by her teammates as well. You know, the, the work that they do in training, I think is really evident here too. And bringing Kate in as well on this next point, did you see the clip that was going viral of Kim Little getting out of about four different Coventry United players in the <laughs> middle of the park? It's just, it's just classic Kim Little. I think I, I put a tweet out there saying, this is just why I love her so much did it epitomize that sort of performance from her whereby she was she was the one showing the gulf I suppose between these two teams 
Yeah, she was. I'll chip in here. I mean, Kim creates so much and gets into space so much. She's a joy to watch. But where Kim Little excels, I think, is when she works within within a strong team, whether it's Nikita Paris crossing in from the side or whether you've got Jordan Nobbs, who was also really, really good in this game as well. Kim is tenacious. We know she likes to win. We know she likes the ball. And that's what that's what makes her Kim. And I think the beauty of her is that even in this game, even against lower league opposition, she still puts she still puts 100% effort in. She's still tenacious. She's still fighting for the ball at every opportunity. And that is the joy of Kim, right, Sue? Yeah, she's an absolute true professional. She'll be exactly the same in training. She will put in that effort. And she's just an all-round midfielder. I always say that I quite like her a little bit further forward. So maybe in that, that number 10 role, because I think she's... She's a brilliant finisher. I think her movement is fantastic in there. I think she can link play. But then you see her in a deeper role in midfield and she's brilliant there as well. So I think it's, it's really lucky to have a player that can play in all of those different positions in the, in the midfield and, and be as, as quality in all of them. So, yeah, I, I'm a massive fan of Kim Little. Every time I do Arsenal... I always think I can't give Kim Little player of the match again because I seem to give it to her every single game because <laughs> she just always stands out to me. I thought that clip, what it did was anyone who thinks, oh, I could play in WSL, you know, what is the standard for people who are a bit naive to it? I think that clip just says, no, you couldn't. This is this is the <laughs> difference. These are the sorts of level of players that we've got. But bringing it back around to Coventry, because they are bottom of the championship after a 10-point deduction for going into liquidation earlier in the season. Final word on them, Sue, because this has been a great shop window for them and what they can achieve. Do you, do you think the FA Cup will have helped attract sponsors, try and get the club in a better position? I really hope so, because it, it's been a tough time for them off the field. The, the fact that the players and the staff don't know what the, the future holds and all they've had to do is just try and focus on their football and, and what to do. But at one point, I don't think they even knew what was happening. So, yeah, I really hope that, you know, that they do get a lot more sponsors coming on board to, to help them sort of continue in their in their football journey. We spoke to the manager, Jay Bradford, last week, and she was, gosh, it was such a good interview. She was so honest, Sue, about the the mental, emotional toll that it had really put on her players and on her staff as well when the club was going into liquidation and when the deduction was handed out. It was a really uncertain time for them. And if anyone's got a mo, do do check back to last week's episode and have a listen to Jay, who was just brutally honest about it. And that is the side of the women's game that we want to try and address, really. Quick one on Arsenal. What a week they've got coming up, Sue. We know that they've got two games at the Emirates, Wolfsburg and the Champions League, Tottenham too. They're obviously still in the FA Cup. And obviously, with it, a huge shout of getting the WSL title. Do Arsenal need to make sure they get at least one trophy this season? And if they don't, will it be a disappointment for them? I think they'll be desperate to, to get one of those trophies. And they've done ever so well. And it's funny because Jonas Adeval keeps telling us, doesn't he, that they are still in the Champions League. And I think that's, that's really important. We know that that's going to be a really tough game for them against Wolfsburg, as is the FA Cup. And we know that Chelsea... It's in their hands to, to win the WSL. But I think what we've seen from Arsenal is a, a massive progression and they're probably ahead of where we thought they would be. They've got a good, strong squad. They've got the strength and depth. So they'll be able to rotate and, and make sure that those players are fresh and available for the, the different games because it is a big week for them. But I think what we've seen from Arsenal this season is a, 
is a progression, is a side that's going to challenge on all fronts. And I think they'll be even better next year. All right, well, let's move on to Chelsea. You've given them a mention there. They were also in action. Arsenal's title challengers also sent out a strong message with a 5-0 win at home over the WSL's bottom side, Birmingham City. Chelsea captain Magdalena Eriksson headed the current FA Cup holders into the lead on the stroke of half-time. Drew Spence made it two, then fed a lovely back heel to Beth England for the home side's third. And Neve Charles' header and a Beth England strike from the edge of the box into the bottom corner sealed the 5-0 win at King's Meadow. Nothing against Birmingham, Sue, but it was a pretty routine win for Chelsea, this one. Good to see some players back from injury as well. Ericsson and then Mielder back midweek on Wednesday in the WSL. You know, vital players at a vital time as they as they try and hold on to this FA Cup trophy for, well, within the same season, but for a second season running, if you see what I mean. <laughs> Those are lines. <laughs> and they also go for the title as well. They do. And it's perfect timing to have those two players back. We know how experienced they are. We know how vital they are in, in the side. And I know Mielda's been out for, for a long period of time and I think they missed her. Um, so to have her back fit, I think they're going to have to make sure that they look after both of them. You know, when you've been out for a long period of time, you don't want to play them too much. You want to make sure that they they have enough game time to get that match sharpness and, and fitness back, but then make sure you look after them, whether that's with, within training or whether that's the recovery strategies. Emma Hayes will be completely across all of that um, because you don't want them to, to break down again. So yeah, I think it's perfect timing for those two players to to come back, especially what they've they've got coming up. Beth England. Do you think that this is the Beth that left off in 2019-20 was seeing again now? She just hasn't had the runouts, uh, right. but she's starting to get some more game time all of a sudden. You know, she's such a top player and you just think she'd get into most other sides. And it's just because of the, the competition for places at Chelsea that she hasn't had as much game time. I know she's had a little niggly injury as well, but yeah, we we see her quality. She she got player of the match, I think, didn't she, in, in this game? And this yeah. is just what she can do. You know, we, we saw it, like you say, in that season where we saw the amount of goals, the amount of assists. She's another player that that will run off the ball. She'll run into the channels, you know, got great vision and awareness. She's got everything to her game, but she just hasn't had the game time that she would have wanted. So Sheila being really frustrated because I know that she likes to to play every game as, as we all do. But when you're in a top side like Chelsea, like Arsenal, that have got competition for places, it's just about when you get your opportunity, you've got to try and take it and, that's exactly what she'll do every time she plays. Birmingham, of course, out of the FA Cup now, one league win in 16 months. And again, I think I mentioned this last week, didn't I, Linz? Just, you know, too much space given away in wide areas and set pieces again with the bet noir for Birmingham. They just should have done better, for example, if we take Ericsson's goal as the first example. You know, these are basic fundamentals that that they should be should be getting right game by game. It is. It is about trying to learn from mistakes and not repeating the same things. And here they, they try to soak up that pressure from Chelsea. And that was that was clear and evident by the possession stats because Chelsea had 73%, you know, the 11 shots on target to Birmingham's one. But I don't really think there was ever any likely outcome other than 
a real drubbing here. I think it needed a different approach in some respects. And then what happened after the game, this doesn't doesn't help either. You know, you look at the frustration that I think is seeming into this team now because they are staring down the barrel of relegation. We know that. Birmingham City's Marcus Bignot was then charged by the FA for allegedly using improper and or abusive and or insulting language, allegedly in reference to sexual orientation. Uh, that was in Birmingham's WSL game against Spurs in February. So that's been hanging over his head as well. He's got until the 4th of April to appeal that. Uh, former Barrow boss Mark Cooper committed the same breach. He was banned for eight games, if we're going to look at that for any precedent. Those sorts of things don't help, do they, Sue? Oh, not at all. No, I think when you're trying to get yourself out of a, a relegation scrap, which is looking not very likely, you've just been knocked out of, of the FA Cup. So morale's low, that that team spirit's low. When you go into training, it's, it's difficult because you're trying to motivate everybody. And then there's something like that hanging over um, one of the coaching staff. No, it, it's not a good place at all. But with, with Birmingham, I remember watching, I watched it with you, Lynn's, the, um, the Arsenal game where yeah, it was yeah. brilliant, wasn't it? And, and I just thought they really showed fight there. And I thought that was going to be their turning point, that they were going to get themselves out of trouble. And it's just never quite happened for them. So we've seen glimpses of what this Birmingham side can do, but just not on a regular enough basis. And like you say, too many mistakes. Well, let's wrap up now with the last of these FA Cup games. And the final team to make it into the FA Cup semi-finals was, surprise, surprise, Manchester City, who were up against Everton. Lauren Hemp produced two volleys for a brace. Caroline Weir scored an, another long-range stunner into the top corner. And Ellen White tapped in a cross to cap off the 4-0 win at the Academy Stadium. I was looking at the number of shots, Sue. 16 shots for City compared to Everton's three City on target was six of those compared to Everton's nil. I mean, it was an out and out drubbing of Everton, really. City were were in cruise control for this. And another Caroline Weir stunner. Absolutely love this player for just pulling it out of the bag time and time again. She absolutely does. She was a real, it was just a dominant performance, wasn't it, from mm. Manchester City. And I think this is the, the city that we expected to see previously. We didn't injuries played a, a huge part in that but those players now they're back or most of the players are back fit they're back playing in their the positions that they they should be playing that they they play their best in and they just look like a, a real balanced side again with that that quality going forward and, and like you say we are I know she she scored a, a scruffy goal the other week but Wow, she scores some absolute stunners. And Lauren Hemp as well, every time I watch her play, I just feel she's getting better and better and she's still only a baby. So she's still got so much time to to develop. I don't think she actually realises how good she is. Mm. And you take into consideration Chelsea and Arsenal who are going for the title. But actually, if you look at the calendar year 2022, it's City, isn't it, on a roll? I mean, they've taken that form in from, from the end part of last year. They've won 13 of their last 15 games in all competitions. Yeah, they're flying, aren't they? And the momentum is certainly with them. And and like I say, the, this is just a side that we expected to see when everybody's back fit. They're a top quality team and they're all winners. You've got a lot of international experience and, and club experience in there. And they will have hated what was happening to them. They will have hated everybody speaking about Chelsea and Arsenal going for things and, and they're not. This is a an opportunity for them to, to go and win the FA Cup, um, to go and finish as high up in the league as, as they possibly can. And it's just great to see Manchester City back as we, we thought we would. 
Well, Manchester City and Everton face each other again in their next match, a WSL fixture on Wednesday night, Lynn. So they get to do it all over again. Yeah, uh, I spoke to Kira Walsh about this um, in an interview for Sky Sports last week. And I said, what is it like when you go up against the same team the very next match? There is no time to cool down or prepare really very differently. You, you've not got that time. And she said, it's the second game that's the hardest. Mm, so I, I really detected from her that they were very confident they'd win this one in the FA Cup. But for any Everton fans who are feeling really glum, like our very own Sue Smith, uh, right now. Um, there might be some hope there, Sue, that this second game, because they'll have worked out what City were doing in that one, they could make some adjustments for this second game. I love your positive outlook on this. And <laughs> that's what we all need as Evertonians at the moment. Um, so yeah, it is always, it's bizarre. That's happened to me a couple of times in my playing career where you've played a team in the cup and then straight away you play them again in the in the league. And it is strange because it's like, Maybe the things that that you didn't do so well, you can go, okay, I can do that a little bit better in this game and and vice versa. And yeah, if you've won, you always think, oh, they'll have learned from that. So you maybe sort of second guess yourself a little bit. So yeah, all Evertonians, keep positive. So four teams left in this year's FA Cup, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City and West Ham. And in the semi-finals, it is, cue drum roll. Arsenal versus Chelsea and West Ham versus Manchester City. These games take place on the weekend of the 16th, 17th of April. Title rivals facing each other once more before the end of the season. We we didn't even need to do this draw, did we, Sue? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how excited is that? And I think... It, it, it's it's just, I can't wait. I can't wait for both the games. I think in terms of, you know, it's going to be tough for, for Manchester City against West Ham. West Ham are a side that obviously want to, you know, keep showing how good they are and, and for them to get to the final again would be amazing. And the Chelsea-Arsenal game is a toss of a coin. You wouldn't be able to say who would win that one. You know what, Arsenal are seriously out for revenge in this one because in December, I took 14 children to the FA Cup final. Um, and Arsenal were not great. Arsenal were not great. I mean, 3-0 down at, at Wembley and it was a poor display from Arsenal and that will be front and centre of their minds, Sue, when they face off in this semi-final. Arsenal are out to avenge that defeat for sure and I expect it to be much tighter. There's a bit of fixture congestion going on though, really. So it's So it's going to be very interesting, but I love the fact that we get an FA Cup final in December and then in the FA Cup semi-final a few months later, we've got the same teams matching off against each other. So yeah, it'll be a really interesting one. You speak about fixture congestion, Kate, and three of the FA Cup semi-finalists were also in action in the midweek WSL games last Wednesday. Uh, So Chelsea beat Everton 3-0. They moved within two points of Arsenal with a game in hand, that crucial game in hand it could turn out to be. And that's going to be played this Wednesday against Tottenham and we've got a very exciting bonus episode coming up for you from that match so look out for that one. Yep I'm going to be there with producer Abby you're working there anyway Lynn so we're just going to steal you. You will I'll be there and who else is there can we hear from her? Me! Yay! (laughs) If only we could sneak in some Prosecco everyone and then we could just 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 make a night of it. I won't count that one out, by the way. Um, That's amazing. Well, look, She's got that a hit is, flask, I'm telling you. Yeah, 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 a fizzy, 
a fizzy hip flask. Uh, so that's to come. So look out for that one. Talking of those midweek games, back to those, Man City boosted their hopes of getting the third Champions League spot with a 2-0 win over Reading, while a stoppage time equaliser from West Ham's Grace Fisk dealt Man United a one-all draw. That means Man City are now within three points of United with a game in hand. That game, is everyone keeping up, will be against Everton on Wednesday, as we mentioned. This is the Athletic Women's Football Podcast with Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get a subscription now for just £1 a month for the next six months by heading to theathletic.com forward slash WSL pod. This is the Athletic Women's Football Podcast with me, Lindsay Hooper, Kate Borsay and former England player Sue Smith. Coming up this week, the Champions League returns midweek. Arsenal hosts Wolfsburg in the first leg of the quarterfinals. The game is played at the Emirates. In the other matchups, it's another El Clasico as Real Madrid play Barcelona. Then Bayern Munich face PSG and Juventus host Lyon. For that last game, there's an all home nations refereeing team with Cheryl Foster of Wales in charge. Dazone says the Women's Champions League group stages had 14 million views over 210 different countries. Really promising for the growth of the game, that one, Sue. Oh, absolutely. It just shows us a, a real appetite for women's football, doesn't it? And if it's on, people will tune in and, and watch it and, and hopefully enjoy it. One to keep your eye on, the reverse fixture at sees Barcelona host Real Madrid at the new Camp on March the 30th. Tickets are already sold out for this one in all sections, um, apart from certain VIP areas. They're obviously holding that for us, Lins, aren't they? I haven't got enough Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> the stadium capacity is 99,354 for this Champions League quarterfinal. So, Talking of big figures, talking about the growth of the game, just watch out for exactly how many people are going to be turning up on the night for that one. Mm. Also on the way in WSL, there's midweek games, as we mentioned before, Chelsea against Spurs, Man City, Everton. Plus on the weekend, Man United host Everton at Old Trafford. Now, there has been a match in WSL at Old Trafford previously, but it was behind closed doors. This is the first time we're going to see fans there. And it's the big North London derby as Arsenal host Spurs at the Emirates. With big fixtures for Arsenal coming up in the WSL and Champions League, producer Sophie caught up with Beth Mead, who's been having quite the season. Miedema looking for Mead, who gets there and surges away from the Chelsea defence. Beth Mead steadied herself and scores a stunning goal. Oh, and that is simply outstanding from Beth Mead. Arsenal have come from behind to lead Brighton and what a way to do it. First of all, thank you so much for coming on the Athletic Women's Football Podcast, Beth Mead. We're very excited to have you ahead of the big North London derby. Obviously, Arsenal have been kind of on a, on a really good run. You've got your 50 goals for Arsenal as well. How excited are you to, to face Spurs in that North London derby? Yeah, I think, I mean, they're the games that you want to play football in, the North London derby, uh, derby games. Obviously, last time we played Spurs was probably from our point of view a bit disappointing we came away with only a draw we probably let our form dip a little bit since then but we started obviously to pick up form again recently which is uh, great for us obviously to end the season hopefully strongly and 
definitely against a team like Spurs, where obviously we want to win that game, and especially being at the Emirates. I wanted to ask you kind of about the threats that your team can pose to Spurs. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you about different teammates, the biggest thing they can do to Spurs in their game. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. So I'll try to be as nice as possible. Okay, perfect. Okay. All right. So let's let's start at the in the defense. Uh Leah yeah. Williamson, obviously a big player has come back for you. What do you think she yes. can do in the game? I mean, Leah being a Barnagoon, I think obviously she's very much riled up for these types of games. Obviously, we know Leah's qualities of been very hard to beat defensively but going forward she can also you know as we would say in football break lines of between yeah the forwards and midfield you know she can pick a pass out from any distance and their qualities where we're probably going to need her to break lines on especially a big pitch like the Emirates so hopefully that'll come in handy uh, during that game. Amazing okay midfield Kim Little. Kimmy um, yeah Kimmy is I think I've probably blow wind up her ass quite a lot <laughs> but no Kim honestly is like um you know our captain uh leads by example day in day out um very much so like very hard to get the ball off you know she dictates play in the middle of midfield very hard to keep up with when she gets in a stride and she's a player that you feel very comfortable especially being a forward when she's behind you and you know she's going to win the ball back quickly or keep it when under pressure so Obviously, Spurs will be up for it, but I'm pretty sure she'll be up for it more. Okay, up front. Nah, no. <laughs> up front, I'm picking you, Beth. You're going oh, to have to tell me what yeah. your biggest threat will be for Spurs. Um, I mean, I very much like assisting, so I'd like to think I'd put a good balls in areas, um, good passes to the likes of Viv, Stina, who couldn't finish them on a dime. So I'd like to think I can, um, you know, have the ability to, you know, pick a pass for somebody to get in a great position or a scoring opportunity. Amazing. And obviously Spurs, they've kind of been this season's surprise package a bit, haven't they? You know, they've been trying for that Champions League spot. Maybe people wouldn't have expected that. Have you kind of been surprised to see how they've been performing this season? And also, does that mean that they pose a bigger threat? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think they finished something like 10th last season. So for them to be up there fighting for a Champions League spot with the likes of Man United, you know, and Man City who are trying to, you know, catch up again is, yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, the league's becoming more competitive, you know, Tottenham have invested in the women's team, so they, so they should. But no, it's nice to see um, them doing well. Although we are rivals, we want every team to, you know, be getting better each season because that makes us, the, the league better and um, obviously we're probably the best league in the world but we want to you know showcase that and make it better each year so no it's great that Tottenham are doing well but again like you said they pose a more of a threat than they probably did the season before so it, of course it's a big game every game's a big game for us right now especially but yeah it, they're becoming harder derbies than they probably were a few seasons ago. And do they feel more like proper derbies? Do you feel that fire in your belly against Spurs now? Because before it was kind of, you know, the Chelsea games, the Man City games could probably more be the women's team derbies. But now we're seeing that now, you know, you play at the Emirates, you're kind of replicating the men's derbies a bit more. So do you feel that fire, you know, that kind of hatred of Spurs? Yeah, no, I think so. I feel like, obviously, they were trying to get into a rhythm coming up into the league, which is always... (laughs) Katie's being annoying in the background, sorry. What's she doing? Um, she's doing this stupid laugh that she knows I hear on a daily. She does it to annoy me. 
um, yeah, I mean, because they've become better, I think it's made the derbies a lot more tastier. You know, there's a lot more um, fight from both teams. You know, they've got the quality there to cause us problems now. And as we want to do the same to them, of course, we always want to play the games the best that we can. But yeah, now that they're becoming more competitive, you know, it does add to that feel of a big derby day. And the fact that we're playing at the Emirates probably adds to that. I know, especially when we played... Um, in the men's stadium for Spurs and when we won 2-0 the first time we played over there, you know, you could feel that, well, the crowd was unbelievable. It felt it felt like a men's game. Like I said in that game, I took a corner and their fans were booing me, but it, it felt like a derby, you know, and I think that's the, the games you get, you psych yourself up for and the games you want to be a part of and of course you want to win. So yeah, no, this is super, well, the girls are super excited for the game coming up and yeah, hopefully it'll be a good one for everyone to watch. And obviously, it would be quite a big week for you guys. You know, you've got you've got Wolfsburg in the Champions League as well, and then you've got the big derby, and that's I guess that's you know a pressure week for Arsenal. I'm wondering for you, when you have those pressure moments, whether it's in the week leading up to it or right before the game, is there something specific you do? Is there a song that you listen to that kind of chills you out? Do you cook your favorite food? What's your way of doing it? I am quite lucky as a person that I'm quite chill. I've always been pretty good with nerves. I've always just used them in a good good way. And, you know, the Champions League and the North London Derby, I think, yeah, we played the Emirates uh, twice, twice in four days or something like that. And for me, it's exciting. We always have, obviously, our music on and everyone seems pretty chill in the changing room. And, you know, we're around each other. You know, we play team sport for a reason. And, yeah, we're very good at making each other feel pretty good leading into games and hopefully we can do that in these two big games again at the Emirates but um, yeah we take care of each other in the team and you know help each other through the moments where you know maybe is a bit out of the ordinary for some and some are more experienced some less experienced but we we pull each other together. I've heard that you're potentially the loudest member of the team so I'm wondering Mm -hmm. when you get to go into that Emirates you're pursing your lips, but I'm going to carry on. <laughs> when you get to go into that Emirates dressing room, is that is that your job, kind of to bring the noise and kind of bring that lighter environment to a big game? I don't know if there's an expectation anymore. People actually just want me to shut up. But the the good thing now is they're used to it. Um, I'm pretty much the same every game day in the changing room. I can act silly. I can be loud. I can or on whatever it may be and I feel like at, at the moment the girls react quite well to it and they'll soon tell me to shut up if it's too much but most of the time they're either laughing at me or with me so yeah I feel like it's always nice to sometimes have them types of people to help out in the changing room and you know settle settle the atmosphere and just add a little bit of silliness and then obviously when we get on that pitch we know we switch to professional mode and then yeah, you get best of both worlds, I guess. But yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone would probably say I'm the loudest and the one who makes the most noise. We heard you say on our International Women's Day episode that you wish that the perception of men's and women's football would be the same. And I'm just wondering, can Derby Days help with that kind of thing if you're at the Emirates Stadium? Yeah, I think so. I think if you get the, you know, the fans engaged and involved in in it, then... Why not? You know, we do exactly the same things. You know, in women's football, we know that we can't be physically as strong and powerful as men. That's genetics. And we're very much aware of that. But technically, tactically, how we think about things on a football pitch are exactly the same. And 
they're the things that we do do we work hard on and yes we work hard physically as well but obviously we're never going to be on the same level as the men but we're very much aware of that but the the games they they're still very much the same 11 players on each team we kick the ball around we score goals we defend we put tackles in it's very much a real a real game and I think the perception needs to become a lot better and like you said the derby days do help that when you get fans to games and they're pleasantly surprised at the quality and the heart that we we put into the game and for our, for this club and something we've seen the men's and women's teams do recently is kind of showing support for Ukraine. I just wanted to know if you maybe had a message for any Ukrainian Arsenal fans. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible concept to think about. And I can't imagine how any of them people in Ukraine are, whether they're Arsenal fans or not. Honestly, sending the biggest support, strength and love to them out there. But as a team, we we wanted to collectively show our support for them and, you know, give them any little bit of hope that they, they have or a little bit of extra hope and to know that we're with them all the way physically and um, emotionally. And yeah, we wanted to show our, our support um, in any way we could. And we found the best thing was obviously the response that we did at the time for the game. Um, and obviously the unity of showing with the flag and stuff, but, they're all in our thoughts and prayers and we'll be on honestly we'll think about them um day in day out and yeah I really hope that it all comes through and comes good eventually brilliant Beth me thank you so much for talking thank to us you. good luck for the derby really appreciate thank you it. very much nice to speak to you Well, that was producer Sophie speaking to Beth Mead. Good player-by-player assessment from Beth. I like that. Leah Williamson needing to break the Spurs lines. And we were talking about Kim Little earlier, weren't we? She had to say on Kim Little, Spurs will be up for it, but I'm pretty sure Kim will be up for it more. (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to that one. Sue, your thoughts on the North London derby? It's a tough one to call, isn't it? You you would say that Arsenal go in as as favourites, but I think Spurs have got a... A real well, they've got a real say in the title, haven't they? Playing Chelsea, then playing Arsenal, and we know that Rian Skinner's side has, has improved again. They're, they're going to make it really difficult. Hopefully, Rachel Williams will be back fit for that one because I think she's she's huge oh, for them. That's it. That I, I think that's it. Where are they going to get their goals if she's not back fit? Could that not be key? I think that's key. I think it really is because she is there. She's the one that leads the line. She's that leader up top. And she gets the goals. And that's that's the problem with, with Tottenham this season. They have looked organised and, and and good defensively as a team, as, as units. But it's just been scoring goals has, has been something that I know Rianskin is trying to develop and trying to improve. But when you play against Arsenal, that's going to be tough. So it's going to be a tough game for Arsenal, but you, you would say that they're favourites. As well as the North London derby, there is Chelsea travelling to Leicester City. That is a Sky game. I will be at the Old Trafford match. Kate, what's caught your eye? Uh, well, that game at Old Trafford, uh, yes, for one, but also the game at the Emirates as well. We've you know touched on this already, but with that title race firmly in mind, Spurs could scupper Arsenal. And don't forget, we've kind of got a double jeopardy thing here because they could also increase their chances of making inroads on that third spot as well. I'd expect Manchester United to win at home against Everton. There's so much in the mix with these fixtures, Lins. I think it will be really interesting to assess where we're at afterwards because it's because it's because it's going to take a blip. It's either Arsenal are going to blip at home at the Emirates, Everton are going to blip Manchester United and further dent their chances for that third Champions League space. There's just so much to look at. 
So, Sue, when we're looking at this battle for third spot going into this weekend, this is how it is. United are currently in that third spot. City in fourth, Spurs in fifth. When we come out the other side of this weekend, Sue, (laughs) is that going to be the same? Oh, it's such a tough one. I I think Tottenham have done brilliant this season. I think Rianne Skinner will be really pleased with with where they are, the fact that they're still in with that shot of of getting the, the top three spot. But it's between the two Manchester clubs. And I think the fact that Manchester United slipped up and and drew, you just feel like now Manchester City have got that momentum going forward. So if you were going to push me on it, I'd say Manchester City are going to get top three. Well, that's all we have time for on that bombshell on this (laughs) women's football podcast. Thank you very much, Sue. Um, Enjoy that sunshine. You promised us you're going to be mowing your lawn. Are you going to be fulfilling that garden task before your filthy minds who are listening (laughs) think that's something else? Which I know Kate Borsay is thinking right now. Absolutely. I was thinking, what job can I do that is outside in the sunshine gardening? That's, That's the way forward. That's what I'll be doing for the rest of the day. So the, the proper answer was prep for tomorrow's game, which I'll be seeing you at. Yes, sorry. <laughs> and also prepping for tomorrow's game in the garden, <laughs> in the sunshine. <laughs> well, we look forward to checking in with you again, listeners, with that bonus episode that should be out late Wednesday evening, ready for your Thursday morning commute. We'll be live from King's Meadow. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at The Athletic UK and at Offside Rule Pod. Don't forget to get in touch. Let us know what you think and tell your friends about us too, rate, subscribe and leave us a review. We've also, Kate, been nominated for Women's Football Podcast in the On Her Side Awards. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, so we're very grateful for that recognition. Some other brilliant podcasts as well in the shortlist, but we would be very grateful if you could cast a vote for us. Yep, we'll make sure we've got some details on Twitter out there. Sue, enjoy your gardening and we'll be seeing you, well, within the next 24 hours, basically, <laughs> won't we? <laughs> Amazing, yeah. See you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is proudly partnered with NOW. With a NOW Sports membership, you can watch the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live. Find out more at nowtv.com. The Athletic.